you either, you know, uh, don't know what to do or you do know what to do. Mm-hmm. Or, and the other a line coming down would be you do it or you don't do it. Right. So did you know what to do and you did it? which is where you want to be, yeah. or did you know what to do, uh, or did you not know what to do when it happened anyway, which we would just call that luck. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk Podcast, brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Lumay, and as usual, sitting here with my great friend, Mr. And I just had a Red Bull, John Palmieri. Man, so, and I've got a red microphone, which you probably can't see if you're not seeing the video version of this. we got a great guest here with us today that's that's been with us before, and you know, we've, we've been doing this podcast for like a year and a half, maybe close, creeping up on two years now. And we're starting to kind of bring back some powerhouse conversations that were, you know, were not only really well received, but we think were really important. Um, And we've got a few coming up. And today is one of those conversations. So a while back, if you've been a listener for a while, uh, we did an episode called Talk Data to Me. And that was with Chris Nedza, who sits with us today. Hi, Chris. Hello. And um, to give you a a little bit of kind of history, if you didn't get to listen to that, Chris uh, got into the salon business through his wife that owned, I think, like 40 or so salons. It was like the crazy number. Yeah, she can't cut your hair or yard. But she knows how to run a business. She can run a salon like crazy. Yeah. Um, And I know you guys ended up selling and finding and identifying a, a challenge within large maybe chain type salons or you know multiple location salons in which it was tough to get the data specifically that as an owner really needed those key metrics uh real time that they were able to communicate with people and you guys went out and problem solved and started an app called zizor that's right and um and in in and around that thing the guy that we work for um was was one of your partners in that um, and basically, you guys grew that thing and, you know, helped a bunch of salons get to see their people, real-time data, and created some bells and whistles so people could compare themselves against other salons and different things like that. Um, I'm giving all this context because somebody may have not have heard that episode. If you, if you didn't hear the episode, go back and listen to it because it's still just as relevant today, I feel, um, as, it, as it was uh, now. But I know you've, your journey has since come a long way and I know we wanted to kind of catch up on a little bit of that today um, as well as set a context for the fact that we're having a post-COVID conversation now as we discuss uh, this and that while there were some things we were looking at pre-COVID, key metrics, numbers that were really important to a hairstylist. If you're a hairstylist listening, stay on. Um, Yes, stay on. Right, stay on. Um, And there's been some shifts in those numbers or some things that we're paying greater attention to now, as well as for an owner that, you know, pre, pre-COVID, we were in a, a 12-year bull market, which means things were good. If you don't, you know, listen to those types of terms, we had growth, salons were doing well, hairdressers, it was, it was easier than had been in a long time to get clients, to come back, to sit down. And now we're like re-looking at the entire thing. And so I think there's a ton for us to cover inside of this conversation. Um, so John, why don't we, uh, why don't I not bore the listener anymore? So why don't we go ahead and just dive right into it? Um, awesome. So let's do this. Let's play catch up a little bit. Chris, it's been a while. What's been happening post-COVID? Um, we've got Zizor. Um, things have happened there. Fill us in on all the great details. Yeah, so you guys, it's, I, I love spending time with y'all. I mean, we talk, golly, how much do we talk um, outside of doing this all the time? Uh, you guys are, you're smart, you're hardworking, and, and uh, you have a heart for, um, for the industry. So I love that, you know. Um, and so Zizor was really born out of the frustration of we had numbers and reports out of our point, point of sale system. Yeah. Um, but it, it didn't come in real time, and, it, and I, I felt that pain. Um, I, we, we, here's a short story. We sold the company. Mm-hmm. 
And um, the good Lord is good to me because the deal went through on March the 2nd, which, yeah. you know, you want to talk about timing, right? right. That, that's, that it's about 10 days before, you know, the bottom dropped out of the world and the world changed. Um, but what I wanted to, to acknowledge was, first of all, um, it, it was an awesome idea, but, and it did really, really well, but it could not have done it uh, without Brian Perdue's input, without Van Council, who was a partner, without Frank uh, Westerbeek and uh, uh, Frank and Jana Westerbeek and, and Megan uh, Jasper from Gadabout. And, um, you know, we had so many customers and relationships that we built. And uh, yeah, Scott Massad was such a good mentor. Frank Gambuza was a good mentor. Uh, Coral, please. I, I, Scott Buchanan. I could go on and on and on. Yeah with the relationships and the friendships and just the love I have for the people and the industry and, and the friendships that we have. So fast. So pre COVID, believe it or not, you guys, um, those, the struggle that salons were having, the number one struggle that every salon was having was recruiting. Yeah. Well, hold on a second. Yeah. I want to let, just back up a little bit. Cause I want, we want to hear about the sale, what happened you guys not, you know, not that you need to give us the number details, but like, I know you got bought by a. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, sorry. Um, so we got bought by, uh, we got acquired by mind body Okay. in mind body. A lot of people in, um, they're, they're really big in the integrated health, fitness, uh, spa business, and salon business, but they've, they decided they wanted to go after and be the best of the best in the full-service salon space. And we had really good relationships, and we had really good technology that we could add and give them a competitive advantage. On the Zizor side, we, we hit the point where we really needed to either partner or go out there and raise a ton of money um, because the, 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 the business was growing, but we needed more resources. And I just really enjoyed the people at MindBody. I, I, liked, um, I liked the way they think. They're very disciplined about how they develop technology and what they do. And they're, they're huge. Um, mm -hmm. They have the resources that you need. Yeah. So they, they were acquired by Vista, which unbelievable. Robert F. Smith is the founder, uh, chairman of Vista. Now that doesn't mean anything to a lot of people, but that's the guy that if you look it up, Robert F. Smith, he's the guy that paid for all those scholarships for those Morehouse students about a year ago, mm -hmm. um, took all their student debt. Um, so really great organization. They bought my, they bought MindBody a couple of years ago for like $2 yeah. billion. Super well-funded, well, um, very disciplined, really good people. And man, we just, it's just, that that is what, the biggest thing that happened in my life. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Since since COVID. <laughs> All right. So things. now we find ourselves here, right? Yeah. We've had this challenge with COVID. It's really affected the industry. You know, you were um, blessed, as I'm um, using your language, you know, for the sale to, you know, a wonderful organization, you know. So what's next? And, and before we go to what's next with um, Zizor and you know, mind body. I want to know what you feel as though is happening. What's next in our industry? In other words, you saw what the world looked like before. Yep. When you look at the world now from the beauty industry, what are you seeing? What are the changes that you think we need to be aware of moving forward? Yeah. So I've had quite a few quarantini parties with people. Um, and it's amazing because believe it or not, um, the biggest challenge in say February, as late as February, end mm -hmm. of February was recruiting and retaining staff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what everybody was thinking yeah. about. Like, what are we doing? You know, all that kind of stuff. Right. Guess what? Those were the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> so as bad yeah. as it sucked, those were the good old yeah. days. Mm -hmm. um, and people were looking for different things out of the technology. The focus today is completely different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny that you say that, right? Because our um, four-day intensive for 124Go was, what was it? February the... February 23rd, 24th. 23rd, 24th, right? Yeah. And it was like, you know, we... 25th we'd, and 26th. We had heard that... The, things there might be a shutdown right. I, n neither of us believed it i mm -hmm. i know i didn't i'll speak for myself there and um all of the challenges that you just you know kind of brought up when, when john kind of walked through that punch list with mm -hmm. the audience it was you know how do i recruit how do i crew how do i get more people how do i keep them you know i think that's always been the the piece for the beauty industry is how do I get more team members how to keep more staff and then once I get them how do I keep them yeah yeah you know, that's always a challenge yeah 
Um, and I'm, I'm going to assume that those challenges have not gone away for anybody, sure. right? Yet I think it looks different now. Well, so it not, let's talk about that. Yeah, it, yeah, not only does it look different, but um, before it was like, what a pain in the butt. I've got to recruit people and mm-hmm. I get around and it's kind of a nagging thing. Um, this is life or death now mm-hmm. in the business. If yeah. you don't know what you're doing in your business, it literally is life or death. So you have to really think about things differently. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the, I think we've done a couple of a podcasts. We've heard from different folks who've said things like they see a 30, a 30%, 40% drop in the number of salons nationwide. What do you think about those numbers? I don't know. I, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Um, I don't think the cliff, we have hit the cliff yet. Sure. I mean, here we are Same. in... Yeah the end of June. Well, p- to give some context to the conversation the day we're having it, Pennsylvania just opened salons today. Yeah. Oh, wow. So oh, really? Great. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me mm-hmm. uh, because there's there's a couple things that I think are going on. First of all, there's a lot of salon owners that frankly are, um, no offense to any of anybody out there, but older. Mm-hmm. And sure. they've been at it. They've been, I've been doing 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, right. 35 years. And it's we we have to literally put our battle gear on, and it's we are now in a different battle mm-hmm. than yeah. before. Yeah, and it takes a lot of energy. Yeah, and man, at some point you just go, I'm flipping tired. Yeah. And so I do think people are tired, but then do what? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think we've picked up on conversations like that where you've had folks in the industry for a while, and it's, and the 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 language we hear is, well, it's not that I don't I can't do it again. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I want, want to. to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But now there, that's the gloom and doom. Oh, yeah. my gosh. There's a whole different set that I see that are like, yeah, believe it or not, I'm excited. It's I think Brian, is, Brian right. is a great example of yeah. someone who's yeah. like, you know, we've taken the time to reevaluate our processes, look mm-hmm. at our technology. Yeah. Um, I'm excited because there are, if, if there are 30% of, let's say somebody's right and 30% yeah. of the salons close down. Yeah. You got less competition. Yeah, for mm-hmm. customers, for staff, for stylists. Yeah. You know, you have an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think yeah. you're right about the cliff part. Not that I'm a no. Not that I know anything. But but as I drive around town right now, mm-hmm. the first wave of whatever that uh, throw in the fl- you know throw in the towel yeah. has been has been in restaurants. They got hit super so hard bad. Yeah. because you know you got a place that opens up at twenty five percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a ten thousand dollar a month rent because they're in a large space. Right. And you know they were only able to bring back twenty percent or ten percent of their staff. And I've literally been driving around town, you know, in an area that's you know affluent enough, um, and just closed, done, you right. know, empty spaces. And what I'm realizing is, is they can't pay the rent on the twenty five percent. Yeah. The, the hairstylist salon equate to that was when we opened back up, and I believe we've just started because we put barriers up mm-hmm. um, uh, in between our stations, but we didn't, we weren't double booking or in between booking as people, uh, you know, call it like we weren't doing that, which, which, which has you open at a lower capacity. Right. Um, and therefore you can do less even at your full potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I find really interesting because I've got my handy dandy Zizor app here in my hands, right? <laughs> right. And, oh, there you go. I love yeah, it. Man. Shameless plug. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at our salons for the month, right? Yeah. All six locations. Yeah. And it's not a lot, but we're up 1.2 percent over last right. year. And what for right. year, year to date? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, month to date. I apologize. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, no, still, yeah. still. No, that's for the, month. the month of June. Yeah. yeah. You're one percent above last year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that Isn't is that unbelievable. Like anybody, I wish this were a call-in radio show. Yeah, because <laughs> I because the phones would be lighting up. Like, what yeah. are you guys selling? Right. Like, right. you know. Well, here's the part that I want to touch base on because Chris, you know, just kind of touched on this yeah. a little bit. You, you had said that we're, we're not double booking because yeah. we're not. Yeah, I think we we gave the okay yesterday. Yeah, like it was like literally yesterday. Yeah. Um, but for three three weeks of this month, we have not been doing that, uh, and yet we are still. Just a tidge. Um, June this year is a better, but than last year. Mm-hmm. You know why do you think that happened? You know what I mean by that is if we're not double booking, mm-hmm. right? If we're um, trying to make the best use of our time, and you know for some people couldn't come back to work yet. Yeah. Yet, yet, and we haven't raised our prices. Yeah. I mean, to be completely transparent, we raised our prices one dollar on hair color. Yeah. That that one dollar in hair color does not account for this. No, you know that was just to help us cover the cost of gloves and yeah. and hand sanitizer. 
but you know, from your exposure, Chris, um, from being out in the salons and or not so much in the salons, but seeing the data coming through at uh, Zizor, how did how is this happening? How are we able to maintain our level of income and yet maybe working with not as Less much people? Yeah, yeah. So um, first of all, one th- another big thing that in my life that changed was I used to be the man, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, in the CEO of Zizor. Now sure. I work for the man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a great guy named Rick Stolmeyer. So, um, uh, they, th- my role is now to do this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Thought leadership and and research what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this particular question, I'm going to turn it back because this is probably where the student becomes the teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask. I think it's fair that you tell me because I wasn't in your salons. I can guess, and I think I know what I would be. Well, doing. I can nail it down for you real easy. Then, then I'm sh- looking sure. right here at the app. Um, our average ticket is up about 10%. You know, so <laughs> clients are spending more. The yeah. ones that are coming, right, are spending more. Now our client count is down a little. You know, um, not a whole lot. Yet our average ticket is up almost 10%. Okay, so yeah. we were just talking about this little two by two matrix. Yeah. You either, you know, uh, don't know what to do, or you do know what to do. Mm-hmm. Or, and the other a line coming down would be you do it or you don't do it. Right. Yeah. So did you know what to do and you did it, which is where you want to be? Yeah. Or did you know what to do uh, or did you not know what to do and it happened anyway, which we would just call that luck. Yeah. Right. Right. So if you don't know what to do and it just happened, right. yeah. that's luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or were you guys I think intentional that, and knew what you were? I think it was a little bit of both, if I'm being honest. I think there's a little bit of intention there and there was also a little bit of luck there. Right. The intention was, is, you know, Brian had set up uh, a contest for all our managers to have the biggest change, hmm. you know, from May to June, right? Because for May, we were just opening back. We opened up in April, but April wasn't really, you know, that great of a month. We opened yeah. up like April 24th yeah. or something si- silly. So, you know, May was the first month we were open. Let's have a contest with our six different locations. Let's see if we can have the greatest growth change. And of course, the thing that most of the managers focused on was average ticket. You know, how do I get my team to focus on average ticket? They had internal contests or are having internal contests at their locations, right? Um, And so I think they're very conscious of that. And if I'm going back to the productivity thing, which is maybe we don't have as many clients, I can't double book as a stylist. I now have more time to spend with this guest. Totally. Right? I'm not running off trying to get the other client who's underneath the you know the heater, you know, processing with color or whatever. So since I got you in my chair, Chris, let's talk about what additional services we can do. Let's talk about that conditioning treatment. Let's talk about maybe doing that glaze that I otherwise wouldn't have done in the past because I didn't have the time, right? Um, and now I and now I do. You know, I want to I want to go back to something that you were saying, um, Chris, and that is, you know, this whole notion of these businesses that are that are empty. Um, what something that I see regularly is customers. How awesome our customers have been. Yeah. Generous. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. how many of them are tipping really yeah. well? Oh yeah. Yeah. Here's the problem with that. It's great for the stylist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. I was at a restaurant with my wife and we, you know, we love people and we believe we should generously tip. Yeah. And, and my wife's like, gave it, gave it like a, a hundred dollar tip Yeah. Mm-hmm. on like a meal of you know 30 bucks or 40 yeah. bucks or whatever. Yeah. Right. And she's like, I really want to help that, that restaurant owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, here's the problem. Yeah. None of that tip money helped right. that restaurant owner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, help the stu- the the server sure. great but it yeah. did not help the restaurant owner so here's what i think has to happen yeah. in the salon business you you cannot serve all the customers that you used to serve yeah but you absolutely need to know who your most valuable customer is yeah. right and well, let's talk about what a most valuable customer is it's the customer that's willing to buy more than one service yeah mm-hmm. you cannot make money on just one haircut yeah right. i mean you can but Sure. Yeah. If you're a barber, my brother owns a barber shop in Philly. They cut hair. That's what they do. That's where their bread and butter is. You're getting a haircut and that's it. Yeah. But but if you're talking about a salon with real overhead that does chemical services and stocks, you know, inventory, it's a, it's a different deal. So I want to challenge, um, our, the industry and our, our salon owners to understand your fully loaded productivity cost. 
I believe that you have got to know how much revenue per hour is your break even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, t- so take a look at what's your cost per hour. Yeah. What is your fully loaded cost per hour? Yeah. How do I give me the 30,000 foot view if I'm an owner on how do I break that down? And by the way, does this also, does an independent self-employed stylist also need to know this somewhat? Yeah, I think they should. Yeah. Um, but it's, but it's okay. So you take all of your costs, your rent, your utilities, you know, your overhead expenses, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you take the number of hours that you are open mm-hmm. and you so divide that and it tells you basically what's your break-even revenue per hour. If you pay, maybe you're a team-based pay salon and mm-hmm. you, you have some salary or yeah. hourly wage that you're paying. You so take if, it, all, all, if it costs me $10,000 to pay for the heats, the lights, electricity, you know, my, you know all, all that stuff, right? Yep. Product costs, et cetera. And I'm open 100 hours in a month, and I'm making math easy here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, then uh, it's going to cost me $100 an hour, uh, or I need to charge $100 an hour. Your, your break-even be... cost is $100 an hour. Productivity yeah. an hour. So you right. better do more than $100 an hour. Now, if it takes your stylist an hour to do a $75 haircut... Right. You lost 25 bucks. You lost 25 bucks. Right. Yeah. So... You have to understand your most valuable customers are those that will buy multiple services, uh, that will buy product, Mm -hmm. you know, their average ticket, therefore their average ticket is higher. And you have to know, since you can't book, double book and all this stuff, and some people are doing staggered shifts, right? Sure. So if you're doing a staggered shift and you've got to split the shift time, which stylist do you give or staff person do you give that time to? It's the one that understands how to do the consultation and right. how to do open-ended questions with that with that yeah. customer and how to probing questions and yeah. how to get that average ticket where it needs to be yeah, and right. more than mo- I'm sorry is yeah, it, I get fired up on this go, go. it's the desire to do that yeah it's the you need staff that have the desire to do that someone yeah. once told me I I would rather tame a wild horse yeah. than revive a dead one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like. it's, it's, it's funny that you, it's real funny that you just said that just because, um, I, we, we have a stylist that, you know, I won't say at what location or whatever and is really fired up, loves doing hair. Wicked fired up? Wicked fired Wicca, up. Wicked we go. fired ba- ba- from up. From Boston. Loves doing hair. And in her newness has had some challenges, some, you know, a, mm-hmm. a redo, a this and that, you know, that type of things. And, you know, uh, I, I would much rather, I mean, I guess I'm repeating what you said, but I'm, but I'm living it because I know this person. I'd much rather have somebody that's fired up to show up to work that's going to try something that might be an epic fail mm-hmm. than have somebody who is afraid to try it. Mm-hmm. And, and you're exactly right. You know, I mean, I think right now, the, the realization if I'm a hairstylist should be a person as valuable as a client in your chair was in February, right. up their value now mm-hmm. in your mind and treat every person as if it's the first time you've ever met them again. And by the way, don't just do it on this visit. Right. Do that from now until infinium because we we don't know what this is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And what was easier Mm -hmm. uh, circa 2018, getting clients in your chair and Mm -hmm. keeping people and some of the mediocrity, I would say that a client might even allow themselves to tolerate. Mm -hmm. Now the choices are more. Right. It's harder to get in with you, mm-hmm. probably, yep. or it will be, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they have an, we all have an excuse to try a new hairstylist. Right. You know, I've been growing my roots out. I haven't seen this person. Tell me I can, all of us can say, I know you can see mine, right? <laughs> all of us can say to our hairstylist, I couldn't get in with you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, so it's, it's a free market again, as far as that goes. Just, just, to flip-flop that, it gives us a really big excuse right now to reinvent, and you were kind of talking about this, to mm-hmm. reinvent what that experience looked like. So I'm, I'm just curious, what have you seen people doing to reinvent their client experience? What are some kind of best practices, things? That- oh, man. Um, in, I love um, my mind-body team. Um, they have the Mind body and they have Booker is is kind yeah. of their salon spot. Yeah, product. Booker's the salon, and Booker yeah. was also acquired 
by mind body. By mind body, yeah. Right. And so, are you guys kind of all integrating together? Or can you We're tell one me that big or? happy family. Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, gosh, they're so good, man. These people are so smart. Um, so, if the whole notion that I would talk to people about was starts with the consultation, right? And when did the consultation really start, or the client experience when they walked in the door? Yeah. And then hopefully they were greeted. Then they were, you know, done, did the consultation, delivered the service, right. you know, showed them the product, rebooked their next appointment, check them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boom. The whole client cycle is recalled. Yep. Yep. Well, with COVID, it forces a it outside those four walls. And so now there's a lot of focus. We're in a high-touch business. Mm-hmm. We have to do everything possible to do low-touch. Right. Mm-hmm. So they should be checking in online. Yeah. Um, they should have their their form, their yeah. intake form, yeah. which gives you the opportunity to now do some. Dude, I got to tell you guys yeah. something. My brother, mm-hmm. Solomay's Barbershop in Philly, mm-hmm. literally, they've been in business close to 30 years, right? They just opened up today. He started online booking this last week. Wow. His mm-hmm. his because they have to social distance, sure. they have to do all it filled out is very you know, really astringent right now. It was a hot spot. Mm-hmm. Apparently it still is. But this is a guy that did not want to learn technology. Mm-hmm. And last night we were on the phone and he was telling me, Oh my God, I'm watching appointments get booked. I'm like, Yeah, Joe, you're more like one of the busiest barbers in town. You're dar- <laughs> you're darn right, Char. But this was such an experience for him and he was like, You know what, Chris? Everybody I've told about this is totally open to it right now. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. It, it, it's forced us to rethink things. In fact, mm-hmm. most people are doing Zoom calls, yeah. right? Right. So is it possible to rethink that relationship where we can do a Zoom call consultation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that, that literally part of the, your staff's job, part of the day, right. is you're on a Zoom call going, yeah. I mean, honestly, you could look at me on a Zoom call and tell... <laughs> What the heck's wrong with my hair? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, so that whole experience of being pushed out is low touch. Yeah. So because you need to get them in, you need to know exactly what they need it, what service they need. You right. need to deliver service, and you need to get them yeah. out as quick mm-hmm. as possible. It's like in the restaurant business, they talk about turning tables. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We, we have to do that, but yeah. we have to we have a lot to do. We need to know what they want. We need to know the history of their order. Yeah. what they've done in the past. Right. Um, we need them to sign uh, the release form. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. we got to get in, and all that has to be done and can be done. Pay. We need them to pay without right. touching anybody, giving anybody a card. Yeah, as little as possible. As right, little yeah. as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You still got to cut hair. So if you if you think about the process, and I don't know why people don't do this, but just mm-hmm. literally, I know you guys do, right? Yeah. But just map out the process, the service right. wheel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now think. How can we expand that beyond our four walls? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have we productivity. You know, revenue per hour is really important. So how right. do we optimize that? Um, so, so we t- we talked a little bit about um, can you do a Zoom call as a consultation? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, one interesting thing, and again, this is this is not a shameless plug, it, but but I found out that MindBody developed some technology for yoga studios. Mm-hmm. And it's video on demand. And now think about this. Your yoga instructor mm-hmm. still can deliver a class right. through video, yeah. right? But how do you monetize and manage that class? It had to be tied into the point of sale system. Right. Okay. So the same thing, how do you do a consultation, yeah. but also tied into the point of sale system? So what, what's really cool about what they're doing is they're taking the technology they develop and they're deploying it mm-hmm. yeah. in a similar industry, but right. creatively. And I yeah. think that's brilliant. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think it'll work? Do you think do you think customers I talked to Van about this. He's like, Yeah, I don't know if the customers will I don't I don't really even do know it. that it's a customer challenge. I think it's a stylish challenge, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. You know, I think as creative beings, right? Anything outside of the creative process mm-hmm. in itself becomes yeah. an annoyance, yeah. I think, too often. Yeah. You know. I think, you know, as stylists, we have a hard time following out a prescription pad. Yeah. You know, because it's not, it's not cutting hair. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you where I like it. Yeah, and where do you like it? This just jumped in my mind today because I just came off of a consultation for mm. uh, K-TIP extensions. Yeah. And um, I like it for an extension stylist mm. that's grown their social media presence sure. outside of their market. Mm-hmm. And a guest doesn't have to drive three hours right. to have the consult. 
Um, I think for an independent, self-employed stylist, small salon, mm-hmm. in which you don't necessarily have room for or want to have a consultation, mm-hmm. I think you can have a consultation. I I don't know enough about that to know is that a charge? Is is that something that somebody charges for? Right now, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll I'll name drop social media influencers. If you're a main Ivy, maybe mm-hmm. you do. If you're, uh, you know, I'm not even suggesting you charge. What I am suggesting is that that becomes a um, you can set up some processes to make sure they're asking the open ed questions and the things to probe other than, hey, what are we doing today? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we get a cut. You know, what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like. Well, the funny thing is, I think guests are um, pre screening themselves or pre-consulting themselves and they're doing that through instagram you know i've had a couple of conversations with staff members over the last couple of days where clients will look at their instagram you know feed yeah say oh i i see you do a lot of bobs but i don't want a bob i want long hair yeah well there's long hair pictures here too but you know yeah it was heavy on the bobs yeah right and so if you're not doing a consultation with the guest because you think that those you know the time invested in having to go online or having to use a zoom call is too much please know your clients are already doing it ahead of time something i think that that a million percent agreed mm-hmm. that a thought that you just ticked in my head is i i will say that if i'm across a computer screen from somebody my mm-hmm. consultation is going to be way less laxed mm-hmm. yeah because we're on that for a reason yeah yeah you know and now i can i can almost feel more comfortable to go through and check off all of the what 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 texture would you say your hair is right. have you ever had a blah 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 and i can go down and i could tick those lists go to where i list. think yeah, yeah some people get into mode when they're at their chair yeah yeah they ask the same three questions and right. then they're off to the races that could be interesting no right. and think about this um like i have run out of shampoo mm-hmm. Do you think anybody that's cut my hair has reached out to me, or has anybody asked me, "Hey, what's in your what? You know, like what's the deal? What do you have in your yeah. closet or your shower?" I mean, I got some downstairs, Chris. Yeah, yeah I'm going to get some. <laughs> I know I didn't, and I think I think I might have cut your hair last. I haven't I, I, I asked you. No, 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 no. You're, you're good. You're like crap. I just cost myself a hundred bucks because I'm going to have to buy some good haircut and, and uh, buy some. Oh, we'll just but, we'll walk you right downstairs. But yeah. but it does it does. That's what I'm saying. Is the process could be much more tight. Yeah. Um, it's you have to respect their time yeah you know they're gonna jump on a zoom call or whatever so and I'm not suggesting you charge for it at all yeah mm-hmm. what I am suggesting is that it, it puts in place using technology to be a little more disciplined yeah. because right. what I mean what's that statistic um, 95% of stylists believe they give a consultation right. 5%, 5% of clients client. believe right. they receive right. one so right. there's a big disconnect right yeah I think you know one of the things that's popping in my head right now is I think you know, both on a personal level and, of course, now on a business level yeah. as we're talking about it, what this whole process with this pandemic and, and, and like behavior has taught us is that there's a, an increased value on people's time. 100%. Right? And I think, you know, and that goes both ways, right? So as a consumer, I want to make the best use of my time because either, A, I'm not leaving the house. Yeah. If I do leave the house, I don't want to leave for long. Yeah. Um, and maybe things like virtual, you know, consultations help because it makes maximum use of my time. Yeah. I don't have to leave the house. Yeah. I can get a virtual com- um, consultation with my stylist and make a decision there. On the other side, on the business side of the equation, I think that's why our salons have done well at this moment in time because we're making the best use of that time. Yeah. I've got one client, I've got them here for two hours, yeah, whatever the time span is, and I'm going to make this time as valuable for me mm-hmm. as a stylist um, as well as you know, I'm going to make this time as most valuable for me as a customer. Yeah, and I'm seeing now, um, carrying on with the theme of low touch, I'm seeing now more of the technology where mm-hmm. on the phone or on the stylist phone is the information. It's a stylist book and the information about the client. Right. Yeah. You know, which, golly, that's fantastic. You know, yeah. like, why go guess? Yeah. I always wonder, you know, I, I know, we all know that technology is a great tool for helping, right? And it's a great tool for moving us forward. I always wonder about the challenge that we have 
um, as as an industry because we depend so much on our ability to interact with people. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think we all have had the experience of we've met people that weren't necessarily the best hairdressers in the world, yeah. but man, they had a client list a mile long yeah. because they just knew how to interact with people. They know how to talk. They know how to put on the show, right? Um, and we've seen the other where we've had staff members who are magnificent hairdressers, yeah. yet their people skills lacked and they could never really build that client yeah. base. I always wonder, and I don't know the answer, if technology either helps us with that or works against us yeah. on that. I think it's switching right now in yeah. front of our eyes. Mm -hmm. Like something that you said about Instagram being your, your lookbook, if right. you will. We've been talking about that for a few years now, yeah. but it seemed like the influencer conversation was so big yeah. that nobody really believed it. Mm -hmm. And now a, a, a regular, uh, I, I'm gonna use Gabe at Sugarloaf, mm -hmm. who's, who uh, manages the location. She's mm -hmm. a great hairdresser. She's super uninterested in Instagram. Mm -hmm. But even she said to me the other day in general conversation, mm -hmm. yeah, whatever you put on your Instagram, that's what people, that's, that's the person who you're gonna attract. Right. And it's so no longer is it about an influencer, is it about, um, um, you know, uh, rainbow colored hair, sure. which you can't, you can do whatever yeah, you want, right? Whatever you want. But, but even a person that's not interested, yep. acknowledged without me prying, mm -hmm. like, oh no, if you post short hair, that's the client that's going to contact you. So now I think we're watching it all kind of marry together. Um, well, and it's, I, I think the influence is different too. You know, we, we've had this conversation in the past in regards to, you know, we've had, we've got people on Instagram who've got 500,000 followers, yeah. 250,000 followers. Yeah. And yet the influencers we've had conversations yeah. with was, well, that's not really a thing anymore. Right. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I love the idea that I maybe have 250,000 followers, yeah. but I can do so much more with less. Right. Meaning, because these aren't people who are just following me for the sake of following me. Yeah. These are people who are actually- I can build client relationships. Exactly. Yeah, yeah um, so time is so, so important. Um, what I see in the technology space is people prior to COVID yeah. were looking for shiny objects in the technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I did, because I can do the research and, yeah. and my body lets me do this. What I found out is that you know they want that yeah but mm -hmm. then when you dive into where's your pain yeah mm -hmm. it's in the core processes yeah how do i manage inventory how yeah. do i reorder inventory tell us a little bit about the ways the way you see zizor coming together with booker and kind of some of the problems that you guys are now looking to solve because that's a good point that you just brought up so what are those processes you know i'm an owner now um, what are the things that you guys are trying to solve all with one magic bullet? Because I feel like that's the reason why you are sort of integrating. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the way it's, it's working is it's, it's a completely, uh, what we've been working on for the last couple of months is complete integration with the database. And like we are, the, it's a Borg. We're now part of the Borg. You will right? be assimilated. Um, the, which means we have a much richer, they've got, I don't know, 60,000 locations. Um, we've got, I don't know, 10, 15,000 salon spas, mm -hmm. and we have access. Now all that data mm -hmm. is, we, we're, we're now we've got access to that, like we're part of that. So you'll be able to, in a, in a pretty short window of time, be able to uh, have a, you, you have enough data now that a salon can know, how do I know what I'm doing good? It, it, it's not, yes, but it's not what you're doing good. It's understanding what is possible, because what is good? You know, if I got out there and ran uh, a mile and I got done in 10 minutes, I'd feel pretty good. But there's some dudes out there that are, you know, running it in three minutes and, you know, like... 40 seconds, yeah. Like, what is insane. good, right? Yeah. So, so what we've got now is a really big data set and a lot of rich data. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you what's possible in a much bigger you know, arena. So what is possible? Well, <laughs> yeah, drill, drill that down a little bit from yeah. what I mean by that is I'm a salon owner. Let's pretend yeah. I got four chairs. Okay. I got four chairs. Um, you know, my salon does $300,000 a year. I'm making stuff up here. Um, and I, I now have access through systems and, you know, software I use that I have access to this data. How does this data help me? Great question. There's a, there's, I was on Facebook the other day. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a group that I belong to, a salon mastermind group, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm. And there was a question that was posed. How much retail are you guys selling? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
like as salon owners, how much are you selling? Sure. And people were saying like, well, we do three or four thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. To we do um, fifteen dollars of retail per client ticket. To we just want them to buy one piece, a, a piece per PPC. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we we require our, our level ones to sell thirty five hundred and our level fives to sell twenty five thousand. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's this big smattering but that doesn't tell you jack squat other than what you're doing mm-hmm. is it good is it not good mm-hmm. so what i what you can do what we've what we've been talking about what we did data-driven salon um summit with with bobbit media salon today was the idea of taking all this data mm-hmm. and telling you what is a good retail per client right not how are you doing but how are you doing stacked up against your peer group mm-hmm. now you know whether you're doing good or not i don't care what the metric is but right and, and to me, when you know, now all of a sudden, you know what's possible, right. and go to back to my little diagram, mm-hmm. now you know what you must do. Right. <laughs> now you either do it or don't do it. Yep. The thing I see is those that are successful have a coach. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a world-class athlete mm-hmm. that doesn't have a coach. Mm-hmm. Why in the world do you think as a salon owner that, mm-hmm. you know, or any, like if you really want to be the best, you need to know what the best is. You got to measure against right. the mm-hmm. best and you need somebody to help coach you along. You know, I think that that's always what the best salon leaders really are, right? Is really good coaches. We had a, um, a podcast a while back with Lauren Kearns mm-hmm. up in New York. Yeah. And that's what, she, I mean, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but yeah. that's how what I got out of it yeah. was that she looks at herself as a company's coach. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I coach them? How do I grow them? How do I, you know, give them the support that they need? Because if you don't have that, you know, having the information is one thing. The ability to take action on it is a whole, whole nother ball of wax. So I look yeah. at it and I go, okay, what are the four or five key metrics yep. that I can standardize against the industry? Average sure. ticket is one of them, yep. right? Um, so if I take four or five metrics and I focus on those four or five mm-hmm. uh, and I see what's possible, mm-hmm. so now as a leader, mm-hmm. my job is to is to let my people know what's possible right? and then coach them to get there to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to know who our most valuable customer is yep. and we have to know who our most valuable staff is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All people are wonderful and all staff is great, yep. Yep. but if you have limited resources and you know what your productivity is, then mm-hmm. that helps you identify which staff person and you can help them set goals against what's possible. Yeah, one uh, thing that's very clear for anybody that has ever tracked your salon numbers before mm-hmm. And maybe you were going to have a Christmas party, yeah. or maybe holiday. That, that you a holiday party, <laughs> right? Yeah, what what right? Maybe you were going to have a focus group. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever pulled your numbers as to who's spending money in your salon, right. and you said we want to invite our, our top, top twenty five guests, right? Right. Who are they? Yeah. What you'll find every time mm-hmm. is. 80% of your money is usually coming from about 20% of your clients. Yep. And people are so dumbfounded, I believe, mm-hmm. the first time you do it. Right. But it's pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. And you saying that, most of the time we don't even know who our top clients are. We think we know. We know who the ones we like are. Right. Right. Yeah, We uh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I like them. They're fun. Absolutely. Yeah. It, we don't even know what our average ticket is. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you, you think it, that's most people don't know who their best uh, staff person is either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have so many times coached salons, and I'm sure you have done this. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll ask this question: Hey, who's your problem child? Yeah, on your staff, who's right. your problem child? Um, Everybody knows that one. Yeah. Everybody yeah. knows that one. And then I'll and then I'll say, well, let's pull up your Zizor. Let's take a look. Yeah. yeah. And you look at their month to date, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll see, you know, they're up 29 percent in total sales month to date mm-hmm. over the previous year. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, what's wrong with that person? Yeah. Like if everybody was up 29%, yeah. you'd be, you be wouldn't be having to work. You'd be, yeah. right. And we have these preconceived notions yeah. about what's a, what's my problem child. Right. And maybe maybe they sleep in, maybe they come in late. I don't know yeah. what the deal is, but right. the numbers right. tell a story yeah. and it takes away the I feel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because yeah. if you really ask them, and we are in an I feel business, Mm-hmm. Like we're touchy feely, we love people. We're you know we see in colors yeah. and in sounds. We don't you know we, we we think in colors and sounds, not spreadsheets. But the yeah. numbers will vet that out. I love people more than Chris does. I think. 
A hundred percent. Oh yeah, he definitely likes people more than me. My There's no training. way, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's yeah. taken me a while to get here, but mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, yoga's really starting to pay off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice aura, by the way. Yeah, thanks. It's just. <laughs> I'm radiating today. All right, so if we're kind of reviewing some topics for today, uh, we realize that uh, COVID's changed the world around us a little bit, right? Um, We're looking at things a little differently. Um, We're talking about things like software and how we can automate some systems, how we can be low touch, right? You know, do we need to start thinking about things like, you know, virtual consultations using Zoom? You know, a lot of places have already addressed this, but we can continue down this road because I think it's an expectation moving forward filling out forms without having to touch them. How do we pay without having to touch, right? Um, So there's that whole piece. I think that, you know, part two is time has gotten so much more valuable now than it was pre-COVID. And I think we've all heard that time is valuable and there's only so much time, blah, 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 blah. But if nothing else, this pandemic has taught us that. It's real. It's real. And if I can look at our numbers and realize that we're doing less clients, right? but we're slightly, yeah. I mean, here's the thing, 1.7% is not a huge amount, Yeah. but the fact that we're 1.7% June yeah. of this year over last year with less clients. It gives it gives hope to an owner right. that's, that's maybe not opened yet or right. and going, is this doable? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm freaking out. Is the answer is it is. Yeah. You know what right. I love about what you guys did, though? What? And you said this, you did not raise prices. I get so many calls, yeah. people yeah. that call me up and say, hey, what do you think we should raise prices? We're thinking we're going to raise prices. Yeah. Yeah. That is the easiest thing to do, and yeah. it is potentially the worst thing to do. Because yeah. if you raise prices, yep. I promise you, six, eight months, you will have a potentially double digit decrease in customer yeah. I mean we did I mean I don't I want to be you know transparent ours was but very we took, nominal we took a $55 color application and made it 56 right right yeah but if we, you didn't you did not do the kind of raise that I'm talking about no, no yeah. people are expecting we, a 30% we, we, we raised know, all our color prices we recently $1. had a podcast I, yeah. I won't say who with but where the, where the person kind of logically talked us through the reasons behind a price increase right and my gut was still like Mm, yeah. I'm just, you know, if I'm just but not, here's, I understood the numbers behind it, right. but what I under also understand is client loyalty right. is invisible. Right. And that person tucks it back in, in their mind. Mm-hmm. And if six months from now, if their, if, if their budget happens to be tight, they're going to remember that, you know, our prices went up. And but, I, yeah. Here's the thing. Our average ticket went up 10%. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a different type of, of increase, though. right? Your yeah. price didn't go up. Your yeah, average right. Exactly. right, and that, that's yeah. to my point. You can still get that increase that you need to get. Absolutely. For us, and it doesn't work for everybody, right? Because you know, I realize we can't paint the world with a wide brush. But for our company, what worked really well was the ability to be a little bit more intimate with your guests yeah. in regards to service what they need, them better. service them better. You know, I've seen, I can't tell you how many times, because, you know, at some of the salons were working alternate stations, yeah. where a staff member would literally grab that empty chair to the left, yeah. pull it, slide it over a little bit, yeah. and sit and talk with their Absolutely. guests. Absolutely. For 40 minutes or 30 minutes, they were sitting there processing. You know, that's going to develop a different type of relationship in the circle back on, on where this topic started. It makes the time the guest has with the stylist more valuable to them. Yeah. And as such, they're willing to pay a little bit more for that by getting those additional yeah. services and those things that otherwise wouldn't have gotten. So we, we talked about five metrics, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't think we touched on the five we metrics. Did we, we didn't talk the about five the five metrics. Right. I said, you know, Say focus on quick. four Rad, or five rattle metrics. Rattle them off. Rattle them off. Uh, okay. So average ticket. Yeah. Uh, client count. Yeah. Um, productivity. Yeah. And uh, there's a metric called SGP. Yeah. which is the, the per, what percentage of your service guests are purchasing retail. Okay. So it in other words, four. if you sold five bottles of shampoo today and you have five clients, you had one, one person, one percent client. Yeah. Yeah. You had a hundred percent, hundred percent of clients buying. So, you know, um, cause, cause you can have a hot, you can have one stylist do a really good day. Sure. And all of a sudden your average ticket or your, uh, your, uh, retail per client mm-hmm. goes yeah. way up. Right. But it really, nobody else sold the. That's why you have to look at it over time. Yeah. 
Well, I like it, it. You can look at overtime, but I like the service guest purchasing retail because that's a good indicator of are they doing a good consultation? Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Totally agree. Sure. If you're doing a good consultation, you're not selling them squat. Yeah. They're right. buying it from right. you. Um, right. So, uh, so the the notion is, people always ask me, "Well, can you run this report? Can you create this metric? What are that yeah. metric?" Going yeah. Just get really good at those yeah. four or five, right. mm-hmm. and then you get fancy down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that goes with the pricing increase. Mm-hmm. If you're doing all the stuff that yeah. you can possibly do that you yeah. that you really know you need to do, yeah. sure. and it's not working, then I, I would say you probably you know would consider yeah. a pricing increase. But there's no way mm-hmm. that that you're in a, a lower uh, you're not performing to your peer group mm-hmm. that you can't do something different. Right. Yeah. Because if somebody else is doing it and is kicking your butt, you mm-hmm. can do it too. Right. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So I exhaust how to do yeah. be world-class at the things that matter. And those five metrics are the things that, that I would say matter the most. Retention was the fifth one, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Some people are like, well, what about pre-book? What about rebook? And I'm like, retention is the behavior that you really want. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want them to come back. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Pre-booking is just an activity to get yeah. them to come back. Get the retention really, up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, man, this has been an awesome conversation. John, thanks for kind of circling it back as far as and giving us the bullets that you're walking away with. Chris, anything you feel like we're leaving on the table? Remember I said we were in the good old days pre-COVID? Mm-hmm. Right. The crisis before that was the financial crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and I hate to say this, mm-hmm. yeah. but we could be headed towards another financial crisis. Mm-hmm. So this is absolutely like waving my arms saying, please, owner, please, staff, stylist, get together. You've got to nail this stuff down and be yeah. buttoned down and at the top of your game. Get mm-hmm. ready because it could get worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people losing their jobs, losing their homes yeah. decreases the amount of money yeah. that pay for, yeah. for sure. stuff. So, yeah. but those who really get their act together yeah. and really love on their clients and their people, yeah. we'll get through it, man. Right. You know what I've always learned is that when you think it's really bad, mm-hmm. know that somebody is willing to change places with you right now, sure. somebody out there. Oh, and amen. if you really want to feel as good, good looking as I am, yeah. <laughs> like for right now, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's the only reason I, I take yoga. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get as svelte as Chris is. But know? if you, but if you really want to, if you're really down and, and you're, you're overloaded and yeah. you feel that that weightiness of it, yeah. Um, yeah. I would say uh, go serve somebody. Yeah, and it always. Could be, it just, I mean, it could be anything. Always you know, cut their grass. Just there's so many people out there that have mm. stuff going on. Just smile mm. and help somebody. Hey, everybody! Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Um, you know, John. There's yes. just something we yes, we must ask for that we haven't been asking for in a while. You know what is up with this? I don't know, but I'm glad I'm glad we're talking about it. I, I want wicked good five star reviews. Good. So for those of you people out there in the universe, you know what I'm talking about: five stars, not one, not two, five stars. And for those of our listeners north of the border, our wicked. French, yes, wicked means five stars in French. So come on, the phone's in your hand, hit the button, it helps others find this um, podcast, and we know you want others to join in. So again, we keep good five-star reviews, please, please, please. Fantastic. And by the way, follow us on Instagram at 124.go, as well as on Facebook at 124.go. Um, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you soon somewhere, hopefully. Thank you. Bye, everybody.